Your friends in Jesus Christ, may God keep working within us so we keep realizing that Jesus is our everything. What is he especially? He is our ticket to heaven. Without him, heaven is closed for us. That is important now, it should be, and someday nothing else will matter. Here at Bethlehem, we normally follow the church year, so that means we start with the season of Advent, and we're focusing on the comings of Jesus. So we are remembering his great first coming when he put on flesh, but then we're also getting prepared for his second coming, which we know could be at any moment. When we think about Advent, that begins on the fourth Sunday before Christmas. After that, we come to the season of Christmas. We're focusing on Jesus' birth. When we think about it, we begin on December 25, and then we think about the 12 days of Christmas. So the season of Christmas is always that 12-day period of time, leading us up then to the season of Epiphany, which is our topic for today. I want to take a look at Epiphany today. We're going to take a look at the word itself. We're going to take a look at the phrase when people talk about the Epiphany. What is that? We're going to talk about the season of Epiphany, some of the key readings in the season of Epiphany, and then the application of this information in our lives. So I'm so glad you're here to hear about these important things related to Epiphany. So first of all, coming to the word epiphany, the word means to manifest or reveal something that was hidden. Let me share a personal story. You've maybe heard me say it before, but it fits right in with the topic of epiphany. Many years ago, I had an epiphany myself. Now, maybe you've had many of them, but let me share mine. So that was when I'm reading the Bible, but I didn't understand it. Oh, I understood some things, yes, but there were some really important things I didn't understand. And also, too, as I'm reading, I didn't know that I didn't understand certain key things. I thought I was doing okay. But while I was reading, though, the Holy Spirit made it known to me that I was not going to get into heaven by my faith plus my works, but he made known to me that Christ alone is the only way to heaven. And then, not only did he open my eyes to that truth, not only did he reveal that to me, he gave me that epiphany, but then he also then, right in that same moment, he gave me the gift of faith by which I was trusting alone in who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, and truly it changed my entire life for this life and my entire life for all of eternity. It made such a huge difference. That's one way we can think about using the word epiphany. Coming to the epiphany. Now, this would be the most popular way. When I talked about how we can use the word in general, that's one thing. Not too many people use it in that way, but when you see the epiphany, this would be the common one. When we talk about the epiphany, we are talking about when the Holy Spirit revealed the identity of Jesus to the Magi. That is the 
Epiphany. Why is that significant for us as Gentiles? Well, it's significant because it helps us understand that God sent his son, not just for the Jews, but both for the Jews and the Gentiles. Well, what about all the other people? Well, how does the Bible word things? In the Bible, you're either a Jew or you are a Gentile. Of course, how many people are there partially Jew and partially Gentile? But when I say, though, that God sent his son for Jews and for Gentiles, that means God sent his son for everyone. Nobody is left out. That is a great blessing that God has given. So thinking about the epiphany, think about the Magi coming to visit and to worship the Christ. Coming now to epiphany regarding the season, well, epiphany is that season between Christmas and Lent. During the season of epiphany, God clarifies to us that the baby born in Bethlehem is the very Son of God in human flesh. Imagine being one of those shepherds who showed up on the night when Jesus was born. Now, certainly, men came who were looking for the Messiah and they believed. Could there have been a shepherd there who kind of went along with the crowd and he's thinking, how can this be? This is so impossible. This baby looks like any other baby. How could this be the Son of God in human flesh? Well, what's going on during the season of Epiphany, that is when God is making it known to us in all kinds of different ways, God is making it known that in fact, this ordinary looking baby truly is God in human flesh. And even more than that, not only God in human flesh, but he has the ability, because he is God in human flesh, to be able to remove all of our sins, even the sins of the world. See, we have to know that during Epiphany before we are ready to step into Lent. So when we know our need, when we know what Jesus is able to do, then we are ready to go on this journey with him through the season of Lent as he finally lays down his life to take away the sin of the world. During each season of Epiphany, we have different readings that are pointing to who Jesus really is. So I want to share some with you at this time. So John the Baptizer said this about Jesus, After me, one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. What can we conclude from those words? Let's conclude, Jesus is God. Here's another one. Going to Mark chapter 1, God the Father said this to Jesus. You are my beloved Son. In you I am well pleased. What can we conclude here? God wants us to understand Jesus is God's only son, but he happens to be wearing human flesh. Just like we have clothes on, we look a little bit different with certain clothes on. Well, think about the son of God. Now he is wearing the human flesh. 
He looks different, but nonetheless continues to be the very Son of God. Going further then, going to John chapter 1, Philip said this about Jesus. We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. What can we say about that? The Old Testament scriptures, they do not include the name of Jesus. You can look all over the Old Testament. You won't find the name of Jesus once in that form. However, though, let's understand that the Old Testament scriptures are truly all about Jesus. And then Jesus said to Nathanael, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. What is that getting us to understand? Well, Jesus, being the Son of God, can know all things. So he knows we are gathered here together today, and he knows what's going on in each of our hearts. He knows if we really want to be here or not. He knows whether we truly have a relationship with him or not. Having knowledge about the Son of God is an important thing, but it is critical that we have a relationship with him. Think about what Jesus prayed to God the Father there in John 17, he prayed, now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. The essence of eternal life is knowing or being in relationship with God the Father and also knowing and being in relationship with God the Son. Let's be so thankful that God has worked that within us. God has given us that great blessing. And then going further, these men took radical action. We're talking here about Simon, Andrew, James, and John. If you look in your service folder, you'll see the entire text. The Bible says, as Jesus was going along by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew casting a net in the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were also in the boat mending the nets. Immediately, he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went away to follow Jesus. What can we say here? All four men immediately left their family's businesses to follow Jesus. Their actions are pointing to the fact that Jesus truly is the promised Messiah. And then from our gospel reading today, Jesus demonstrated his power over demons. He said to the demon, be quiet and come out of him. Throwing him, now talking about the demon, throwing the man he was possessing, throwing him into convulsions, the unclean spirit cried out with a loud voice and came out of him. What is that telling us? Let's understand that demons are super powerful 
evil angels. But what can we say about Jesus? Jesus, the very Son of God, is almighty in power. So when he tells the demon to get out and to flee, the demon has no choice but to get out and flee. I hope you can see how all those different readings, they are telling us such important things about who this baby is who was born in Bethlehem. In our world today, most people have heard of Jesus, but they don't understand that he is God in human flesh. He is the only way to heaven. He is the savior of the world. Again, let's be thankful that God has made such things known to us and not only that we know them, but with our hearts, we embrace them, we believe them. We are so thankful for what God the Father has done, and we have all of our confidence in who Jesus is and what he has done for our eternal salvation. Coming to the end here, we have some application. So since the Gentile Magi trusted in Jesus, we know that Jesus is the Savior for everyone, Jews and Gentiles. Since the season of Epiphany ends with Jesus' transfiguration, now even though we haven't talked about that yet, I think you know what that is, and it is so critical. When we think about the season of Epiphany, it is beginning, yes, with the Magi visiting, but then we have the baptism of Jesus, where God the Father is speaking from heaven. And then over here at the end, we have the transfiguration, where Jesus' face begins to shine like the sun. So what can we say about the transfiguration? We have physical evidence that Jesus is God. Prior to the transfiguration, even though he did many mighty things, he always looked like an ordinary human being, but the transfiguration, though, that is the key. That is different. Since we know Jesus is God, we know his saving work is sufficient to remove our sins and open heaven. Do we get the idea sometimes that, oh, I've committed this sin or that sin, or my sins are so great, how could God ever take care of my sins? Well, when we start to think like that, let's remember the greatness of who Jesus is. Let's understand the all-sufficiency of what he did and let us know that in Christ alone, truly, we are washed clean, we are forgiven. Now, we don't deserve it at all, but in Christ, we have these great, great blessings. And then finally, since we know Jesus as our Savior, and we honor him as our Lord, we are filled with amazing peace. Don't you have that peace? Do you know what I mean? How even though life can be difficult, even though the world can be evil, even though things can seem uncertain, we know that God is God. We know who Jesus is. We know we are forgiven. We know that in Christ, Everything is going to be okay now and forever. What great peace God has given us through his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, as we move through this season of Epiphany, you keep clarifying to us 
who Jesus is and how we are eternally blessed through him. Thank you so very much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.